Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silverberg Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I have a couple friends with me today, uh, Bill and Mike. And one is older than me and one is younger than me. So we're still younger, older. We're just not as big of a gap as I normally do with the uh, young people from Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, I, I'm so looking forward to talking to these men. I respect them. I, you know, we love God. We love young people, and we're involved in helping people understand who God is at different levels, doing different things. And I want to kind of investigate what you guys are up to right now in your life. So, uh, uh, Mike, uh, where do you live? And, and tell us just a little bit about yourself and, and before we get in here. Well, first of all, given the three of us in here, I would suggest you rename this Younger, Much Older. Yeah, okay, okay so, very good. Yeah. Uh, born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, love it, still love it. Uh, there are some who will say I'm still growing up, Yeah. and I am growing in the grace of God, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, worked in radio for many years. I'm now working with Fellowship Christian Athletes, and uh, met Bill many, many years ago, and, and love his story and what he's doing. And what's really inspiring me to get involved with what Bill's doing with Team Score is that I refereed sports for years. And I saw the best. You like torture? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I must. Yeah. I saw the best and worst of sports. And at its best, it is so capable of glorifying God. Mm-hmm. And at its worst, it drags God's name down in the mud with us. So I'm just really happy to do whatever I can to really uh, help invoke sportsmanship and, and, quite frankly, bring Christ back into the sports arena. Oh, that's, that's fun. Uh, it, the more, you know, people in our nation seem really um, – sometimes obsessed with sports so to have a voice where we turn them to god i think every aspect of our community needs to have people in it who love god professional athletes and 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 college athletes and so that we can reach those people i think god plants us in those places so that we can represent him and be a light to them and uh, fellowship of christian athletes is a great organization if people are interested in just learning more about that they can go to a website right yeah fca.org okay give you all the information and, and is there a chapter in green bay uh yeah i head up the Do chapter you call in green them a bay. chapter uh you can call them whatever you want yeah, yeah. call it group chapter, group chapter team yeah. whatever you want to call it i think we're technically a chapter okay well good and uh if you're an athlete you want to get some other uh, involvement some some christian fellowship uh, FCA is a good spot for you to go. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, very good. Bill, tell us about yourself. And, and he used a term for an organization that I'm not overly familiar with. So explain that to us, please. Okay. Yes. Uh, originally, I'm from Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. Grew up uh, my entire life in Sheboygan County. Uh, enjoyed the beauty of Lake Michigan on a regular basis with relatives in that area. But uh, moved away to school at Marquette University uh, for college. Uh, and then after that, uh, <clears throat> entered the working world in Sheboygan, but then moved to Green Bay in 1988 and have been there ever since. Uh, my family, my, my wife and five boys uh, have enjoyed being there uh, for their time. And so sports has, has played a big role in my life, uh, honestly. I had some very competitive uncles that uh, didn't necessarily teach sportsmanship the right way, but my father was amazing in, in his patience and how he taught sports and uh, you know the more that dad lived and he ended up being 92 and a half when he died uh, a few years ago Uh, but dad uh, I just appreciated more and more what he was able to offer us and the example he set for me because he was an only child that grew up on a rural farm in Sheboygan County uh, during the depression era Uh, right around there he was a young boy and 
but to be able to survive all that and to be able to provide for his family better than what he had experienced, and, and which was always his goal, I really admired him for that. And, and the things that he taught me, uh, honestly, not necessarily through uh, word of mouth, but by actions, uh, really impressed on me how to interact with other people, how to network with people, how to respect your elders, uh, things like that. I feel should be part of sports and, and to be able to have the opportunity in sports that he provided <clears throat> originally by tacking up a piece of tack board in our garage, uh, uh, cutting out the bottom of a five gallon can and then buying us a ball from P Prangies in Sheboygan, uh, just a bouncy ball, not a basketball uh, by any means, uh, just to see, to give us something to do to shoot around in the garage was an amazing gift. And honestly, when I think of the greatest gift he gave us was really the gift of time and that he spent with us. Uh, and I miss him dearly, honestly. And, you know, it's been four years, but uh, we watched, my wife and I just experienced our 33rd wedding anniversary uh, last week, Friday. And mm. so we watched the the tape of our of our wedding day. Videotape? The videotape, yeah, yeah which was converted uh, you have to have a VCR tape? No, no, it, it uh, was converted. I was going to say, I, mine's still blinking somewhere, I'm sure. It's... <laughs> I still got a beta. Yeah, well, uh, we had a beta too, and it's still blinking. So, uh, yeah, thankfully ours was converted to DVD, and, and honestly the quality is quite poor, but uh, we, we appreciate Debbie's uncle actually taking the time that day <clears throat> of videotaping, and, you know, because he wanted to be part of the wedding as well, and I have his fun, so... When it abruptly stopped uh, at, at the reception, we didn't know if it was because Uncle Richard went to find a drink or if he went to the bathroom or what he did, yeah. but that was the end of it that night, and <clears throat> we just smiled and, and laughed and really amazed at how fast time flies and the fact that we were married 33 years and actually dated for nine years prior to that, so we've been together 42 years. Wow. Uh, so, and to have five boys and to go through sports like we did uh, we've certainly seen the good and bad of sports. And it's really, the Lord amazingly planted things in my head as to something that I should do or shouldn't do. And at one point I was going to build one of these uh, mega facilities like we see popping up all over now, these big uh, sports schools or athletic schools, if you will, or uh, facilities that have indoor this and indoor that. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I thought of doing that at, in one of the industrial parks in Green Bay and for some reason, chose not to. But uh, one day I, I volunteered. As, as, as a football official, I got to know the Green Bay Press-Gazette beat writer, uh, a young man at that time that uh, was at most of the games that we officiated, and we had a great time officiating football. I, I think I enjoyed officiating football the most because you're the furthest from the, the yeah, crowd. Right. Yeah. Uh, there certainly were coaches that tried to make up for that <laughs> distance of fans. But, of course. But nonetheless... Uh, we got some great things, and I actually volunteered uh, through this writer to see if I could write a column, a weekly sportsmanship column for uh, Gannett, Wisconsin. And the reason that that thought was put in my mind was uh, my in-laws brought a copy of the Sheboygan Press one day, the sports page, and there were three columns, there were three stories in there about sportsmanship. And one was written by this Scott Vincy. And then uh, one was written by the guy from the Sheboygan Press, and then there was another gentleman from Lacrosse's paper. And all three of them had articles in there about sportsmanship. And I thought, oh, these are great, but this is a one-shot deal. 
and this people are going to read this and go oh yeah this is great but yeah we should do this or, yeah we should do that. but then it's going to wear off right so i thought there was a need for uh, a weekly column a regular column and then i reached out to scott and i said hey would you guys ever consider having a weekly sportsmanship column written and I'd be willing to do it, and I'll do it for free because I just want to get the message out. Sure. And he said, I'll have to check with my editor. And I think the editor at that time was Dave Vandermouse, if you remember that name, Mike, uh, in Green Bay. And uh, sure enough, they came back, and they said, well, as long as you're going to do it for free, yeah, we'd love to have you write. And the coolest thing, and this is how I knew it was a God thing, is that they did not ask me to write a probationary column to see if I knew what I was doing because I was not a trained writer by any means. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have that opportunity really excited me. So as it turned out, I was trying to, to start this ministry, this sportsmanship ministry called Team Score Inc., Team Score Incorporated, where SCORE stands for Sports Creates Opportunities to Respect and Encourage. And the Lord provided that acronym as well. And it's something that uh, I've taken and, and tried to build uh, really since 2006. Now, not working at it full-time, that can be difficult. You know, I'm trying to do other jobs, but I needed experience in other areas of business as well to be able to, to help me do the best I can in this area. But nonetheless, they gave me that opportunity. And because I had been on uh, Fox 6's morning show, live morning show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I was seen by a lady who must have been home for the day. She was off for the day or hadn't gone to work yet or whatever. She reached out to me, sent an email, and said, I really like what you're trying to do with your team score and this sportsmanship initiative that you're trying to start. She said, I would love to help you any way I can. So her name was Lois, and I, I reached out to Lois. And, oh, Lois, thank you so much. I don't know how I'm going to need you. Well, it turns out Lois at that time was a producer director for Milwaukee Public Television. And she actually had created some incredible videos of Samson the Gorilla, who was a, a prominent figure at the Milwaukee County Zoo for years, and uh, <clears throat> other other videos like that. So I didn't know how she was going to help me, but when I got this opportunity to write my column, I reached out to Lois and I said, hey, I know you've written quite a bit of script and copy for different things, would you be willing to review my columns before I submit them to the Green Bay Press-Gazette and Gannett, Wisconsin, each week? And she said, oh, sure, I'd love to review them for you. So I thought, oh, boy, oh goodness, because at least here now I have kind of a <clears throat> checks and balance maybe on, on sure. how to write these things. And since I'd never done it before, I was, I was a little bit hesitant. But nonetheless, I would get them to her by Monday night, uh, she would get them back to me by Wednesday, and then I'd be able to submit it Thursday morning, which is when the deadline was supposedly supposed to be each week. And at first, my column was every other week, so uh, there might have been a little more leeway in there somewhere, but I don't remember exactly. But Lois did a great job. She offered this. She offered that. She was great to work with. Well, you know, Bill, as you talk, I keep thinking, so if I could interrupt you for a moment and just ask you a, a, a couple of things. Uh, obviously, you felt inadequate, correct? Well, as a writer, to start out, you bet. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I, I uh, In college, I had to take a test of the most misspelled words uh, because I was an elementary education major. 
and they gave you a test of like the thousand most misspelled words and they were telling us you had to pass that well i took it three times and flunked it three times <laughs> and and so then after that I, I remember talking to the professor and the professor said hey you got to know something and i said what you don't know how to spell and i said really <laughs> I, I mean i know that and and he said so you need to carry a dictionary around with you and i remember looking at him saying you know, sir, if, if, if I may say, if you can't spell, dictionaries don't help <laughs> because you already can't spell and you got to look it up by how it's spelled. And, and I thought about that often in my life, how easy it is to help or to criticize somebody rather than actually help them. You know, carrying a dictionary, honestly, for me, was not the answer. Now, I have five books I've written and every single one of them I felt totally inadequate to do. And, and so I, I want our listeners to know that sometimes God gives you a burden to do something. And mm -hmm. it's not, I don't believe in what the athletes say on television, that no matter what you want in life, you can do it if you work hard enough. If you're four foot two, uh, you know, lady, and, and you have a, a limp, you're not going to be an all-star basketball player. You know, I mean, I, I'm sorry, that's just not going to be in for you. However, if you feel inadequate in something, that's not necessarily should keep you from it. It, it humbles you. Right. And the fact that you have it on your mind. I mean, were you a writer, Mike? I mean, you, no. you've written several books. I, 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 who would ever think? I mean, I know your past. It sounds more like you're a goofball. <laughs> uh, Mr. Goofball, you, <laughs> yeah. you're right. I remember the first manuscript I wrote. I sent it to some friends. And every one of them said the same thing. This has to be God because you don't write this well. There you go. And, and I just want to encourage you there too, Bill, that... God will put you in a position to do amazing things once we realize we're incapable of doing them. Yeah. So he gets the glory. Yeah, you know, here's what I love. I love the idea, Bill, that you're saying, you know, I have this burden. I, I see this. I see this. I don't know how many times when I teach college kids, it, it's like, I see something. I see. Listen to me, please. I see something. I'm 66 years old and I see something. Help, let me share it with you. And they're looking at me like yawning. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, God, help me figure out a way to tell them because I want to tell them. And, and I just want to applaud the fact that you have a burden, that you've seen something, that you want to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And every young person listening right now needs to understand, you know, you keep developing your character and who you are and observe around you and watch what God can do with that. Um, in, when I was in high school, I remember I, I – I'm not going to go into the story here, but as a kid, I was in and out of a wheelchair for a while. I have some birth defects that caused hip problems and, and never thought I'd ever do anything. In fact, I'm the guy that got cut from a no-cut baseball team. <laughs> I, I was that bad. And so as I went through life, eventually I could play, and I, I ended up starting to play a little football when I was a sophomore, and I was a swimmer in high school, and, and the sophomore football coach and the swimming coach in my Chicago school was the same guy. And boy, was he encouraging. I came in, I knew nothing, man. I knew nothing. And he would he would take the time. and show, He understood my background. He understood I just wanted to be out there. And I, I didn't think I was good. I didn't think anything. I just wanted to play. I just wanted someone to say you're not, you know, totally worthless in sports. I, I was a typical young boy. And he got it. He got it. Um, and... In fact, he was so good. When, when I started swimming, I swam the first years because I thought I, I couldn't do anything else anyway because of my legs. So I swam, and I was terrible. My second year, I was undefeated, but it was him. He, he taught me what I needed to know. 
he saw something in me I didn't see. So, so then, as I, I got the clearance from the doctor, I went and I started to play. Uh, I wanted to play varsity football my junior year. Uh, the team actually was very good that year. They, they took the city, which was very unusual. And I went, and the coach, they liked me. I'm the same size it, it, I am now in high school. I just spurted, and all of a sudden I stopped growing. But could have been bigger, I guess. But I, I was a good size. And the football coach came to me and said, well, you know, we don't want you swimming anymore. If you're going to play football. And he was just hard on me. Like, and I thought, you know what? This other coach taught me life. He taught me life. You're telling me you don't want me to go back there. So I went and talked to my other coach. And I said, Coach, he says I got to choose. And my other coach just looked at me, and I knew he cared for me. And he said, can I just be honest with you, Dave? Yeah. You're not going to be a professional athlete. I can tell you that right now. So why don't you play as many sports as you can and enjoy them and learn as much as you can from them, and you'll be far better off in life. I remember looking at him in high school thinking, thank you. Not, you're limiting me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for recognizing. I knew I wasn't going to be a <clears throat> professional athlete. I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. You don't need to go that far to know this. And the guys I've known since that have been professional athletes, they, they are strangely good. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I understood that. I was okay with it. I was so glad that a coach was honest with me. Well, eventually, long story, then I get into college, and, and, and I only played one year. The, the football coach in high school reversed his position his, my senior year because he needed help. And so I went and played, and, and uh, I, I really was all over the field but didn't know anything. I know that. And got recruited, actually, to play college. And, and I played in college, and I got hurt I, I, my senior year in college, so I didn't play that. But I remember going to the coach there who was equally as encouraging as my old swimming coach. And I just went to him and said, Coach, can, can you level with me? Why did you recruit me? I, now that I'm a senior, I know what I didn't know. Why in the world did you recruit me of all the people that you recruited? And I remember he didn't hesitate. He said, because you had what we can't give you. You were all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. We knew we could direct that. <clears throat> but, but we can't give that to somebody. He said, honestly, Dave, there were guys here five times as talented as you but they weren't anywhere like you were. Those guys didn't even play. Because they, I, I'm just sharing this because I think the vein is I had two coaches in my life that so affected me in a very positive way and one that really did not. One that if I were to listen to, I would have been very discouraged. And I think is that the idea that you're, talking about in this right i'm trying to bring the awareness to people that they're not they're taking away the fun and that encouragement of sports for kids because what really started my my efforts was some negative observations i saw a mother choking her son at a youth wrestling tournament because she didn't want him to cry after he lost you sure it wasn't teaching him a chokehold no (laughs) oh okay just wondered (laughs) i don't know wrestling so (laughs) Though that that for sure wasn't the case okay. there, but the second one was this father that was at a, a Gus Macker three on three basketball tournament was standing on the edge of the court micromanaging everything the three kids did while they were playing, 
And the only thing that I was still wondering about afterwards was whether he followed them into the bathroom and micromanaged everything they did in there as well. Because he didn't give those kids a chance to breathe without telling them how to do it. And I thought, my goodness, sports is supposed to be fun, especially at this, this is summer. The youth wrestling tournament is in the summer. These other things were in the summer. Why aren't kids just being allowed to play? Because that's what was allowed. I was allowed to play. And it seemed like this great opportunity to benefit from sports, to learn about strategy, to be able to work as a team. All these life lessons were being taken away from these kids in the name of looking for the next prodigy or that my son is going to make millions of dollars. And they're probably like you were, that they have no chance. And you know what? And And I'm trying not to discourage people. I'm just saying. Me too. You can look at an, a young guy and let him enjoy the sports. Let him enjoy it and grow. Yeah. You know, I did excel in some sports eventually. But somebody saw that and let me do it and provided it. Well, I, now, again, my college, they, I haven't been able to go back and speak there, but it's a Christian college. I've been able to speak at their chapel. Um, I'm not sure I have all the right degrees or anything, but when they did ask me if I did speak what I would say, I'd say, well, I learned more on the football field than I ever did in the classroom. And, of course, you're not speaking here then. Because, you know, you're basically saying, I don't know, though. When I look back on my life, I can't remember half my teachers. I can't remember half the, the subjects. And all I am a professional teacher. I taught school. I am not dissing anybody. I went to a Chicago public school. I just don't remember them. I remember my coaches, and I remember all the lessons right. I learned on both the football field, the swimming pool, and the hockey arena. I remember those. Yep. I don't remember all the math that I learned. And, it, and, yep. That is such a great point. And what we do at FCA is our motto is through the, to the coach and through the coach. And I look at you, and I, I think of the dozens of young men I've known that have come up here and think the world of you because you're a coach at heart. You learn to coach from good coaches. Yeah. And Bill's got a tremendous book that's coming out that I had a chance, an uh, opportunity to read early, and it's going to talk a lot about this. But coaches have such a tremendous influence on young men and young women, not just how they perform athletically, but spiritually, intellectually, and emotionally. And if we can, through Bill's ministry, tap into these coaches and help them understand these kids are going to think of you in 30 or 40 years from now. And the things you're telling them to do and the influence you're giving to them right now are going to change their lives for better or for worse. And that's your story exactly. Yeah, you know, you know it's interesting. You know, just to back that up again, because I know we're going we're gonna to be able to do another program together, so we, we'll have plenty to get everything and we need to. But that same high school swimming coach, my brother was a swimmer before me. And when we came in to swim, we basically told the coach, we lived a little ways from our church, and we said, well, Monday nights we have high school clubs, so we're going to have to leave early. And, oh, by the way, Wednesday nights we go to church and have these prayer meetings, we're going to need to leave early. And Thursday nights, well, we, we actually go work with young people, and we need to leave early. And the coach looked at us and basically said, you know what, I admire the fact that you know what's important in life to you. I'll let you. And I thought, wow, that's weird. That is wow. However, that's what happened. Eventually, just that coach became a believer. He watched us. And eventually, he became a believer. He was a great coach, but he was also a great person without God. 
And, and all of a sudden, we had a, our high school club had a certain name, and before you know it, some of the other swimmers were saying, where are you going? And I invite them. And so eventually, there was a time he'd blow the whistle and say, all you guys going to that club, get out of here. You know, and, and we'd leave early. And it was, it was very simple. So w- then I learned from him and my dad and other people. I used to come up to camp all summer and work, you know, and the football coach would say, well, you need to be back. And I said, you know what? If you don't want to start me, don't. But I got things I need to do until this date. And I'll come back and I'll play. And one thing I knew about back then is if you played well enough, you, you were going to play. Yeah, it, you could. He might hold you out. He did. He didn't let me start the very first game. I didn't do the very first play. <laughs> and after that, I was in, you know, for the rest of the season. So I understood that. But I, I love the idea that the, the one swimming coach I had, my own parents, they basically said, you need to live in the context of what's important to you. Not, not in sports, they are important, but but if it's not necessarily your whole life, there's other things that you need to involve yourself in. And I, I look, and you guys can comment on this, but I look today at the kids, some of them are so wrapped up in it that I feel like, do you have a, anything else going on in life? And I'm not, a, mm-hmm. you just heard me, I love sports, I love what it teaches, I think you should be involved, but I'm thinking, Boy, it's broader than just one sport. There's, there's mm-hmm. other things that you should be involved in, and you can be a testimony. This coach came to know Christ eventually, and it was really just because some of the people on the team acted odd and said, I, you know, I care about this more than swimming, but I love swimming. And he went and understood that, and, and, it, and then he helped guys like me. And so it was like, you know, just amazing. So any thoughts on on the idea there well i always i always try to tell people that our greatest goal as coaches or influencers of athletes should be to have the kids want to be able to come back tomorrow yeah and then after that the day after that the day after that and then eventually that they want to come back next year otherwise they're not even going to have that experience of achieving excellence because kids want to quit because they're not having any fun because there's so much pressure and and that's the ki- that's the thing. There's communities that if you're not on a traveling team of first graders, you're not going to be on the varsity team 10, right. 11, 12 years down the road. Well, how idiotic is that? Yeah. And 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 the family time that's being missed because now you have these sports tournaments that include Sunday mornings games starting at eight o'clock. People are forced to make a choice, and and they're choosing sports for the opportunity to have less than one percent of chance of getting a full ride to college. Yeah. Well, those aren't real good odds. I'm not a gambling guy, but I don't think um, that that's much chance of succeeding there. So uh, I think it, it's really become, it, it's a very simple thing, but yeah, the lure of money or the lure of success, the lure of, of parents being able to uh, vicariously live through their children to maybe achieve the success that they didn't, Right. that's very attractive and 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 that's a lot that to me a lot of what goes into it yeah you know it's it's kind of interesting because here we are three guys that love sports i wouldn't trade my my learning and the stuff on the field for anything uh, academic and i'm saying please don't make it your whole life until you're in that one percent or whatever that i mean some of that's going to be evident down the road that you have that kind of ability and maybe you pour more into it you know i'm not against people i pour into teaching and Loving God, that kind of thing. I, I'm not against pouring into something that you eventually will do, but 
I think kids need to have a broader understanding of life and, and enjoy a lot of things, and it'll be evident if they're a good athlete. Well, I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, and this is Younger Older. I'm with Bill and Mike, and I hope you can come to the next podcast, and uh, we'll continue this conversation. Goodbye for now.